The Wisconsin Badgers have their football coach, but are the expectations already too high on Luke Fickle? You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you're listening to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen every weekday. Coming up here on today's show, we're going to talk to Ryan Herrings from Locked On Badgers on his new football coach, Luke Fickle, a new regime in Madison after he's snagged from Cincinnati. What exactly does that mean for the team? What's going to change? What's going to stay the same? We'll talk to Ryan about all of it here on the program. Also, Jacob Rood's back in for the second time here this week. Going to chat with him as Indiana faces off against Kansas. Talk to him a little bit about that matchup. It's all coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten. One zero when you're typing it out at the end, not T-E-N. Once again, Nate Dickinson with you. Let's dive right into things. But before we do that... A reminder that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has everything that you need as far as sports gambling goes. If you want to bet on the Big Ten or anything else in college basketball, of course, Big Ten football still alive and strong as we get into bowl season. So all sorts of stuff for you to put your money on, and you can find all of the lines that you want at Bet Online. Also, get the information that you need to make sure you're making the smart picks, and you can get it all in one nice, convenient package at one site. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's dive into things right away with Ryan chatting with him about Wisconsin's new football coach, Luke Fickle. Hey, listening into Locked On Big Ten. Thanks for tuning in as always. Alongside Ryan Herrings of Locked On Badgers, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to talk to Ryan a little bit here about the Wisconsin coaching change as we were thinking there wasn't going to be a change, at least from interim to head coach. It looked like Jim Leonard had earned this job, we thought, at the end of the season, Ryan. It's been a little while since we learned that Luke Fickle is taking over, but what happened at Wisconsin there in what seemed like pretty quick succession to get out of Jim Leonard's not agreed upon deal, but I thought everyone pretty much agreed that he was going to be the next guy. And how did Luke Fickle come along and be available? Yeah, it's super interesting, actually. Everybody really assumed it would be Jim Leonard's job and he would be the guy, obviously, hometown hero, um, beloved in Madison, career. The defense that he's coordinated has always been incredible. So the resume, at least from a coordinator, is there. But Chris McIntosh, actually, the Wisconsin athletic director, did something really unique, and he kind of went against the grain, right? The easy decision, and I said this on the show, would have been to go with Jim Leonard, right? That would have been – everyone would have supported it. There would have been no criticism. The locker room would have loved it. But he went kind of on his own and said, I'm going to go big game hunting and see what I can get at this position. You know, so that's why the interim tag was never removed, even though there was a lot of pressure on Chris McIntosh from players, from alumni to remove that interim tag, make Jim Leonard the coach. And all along, Chris McIntosh kind of delayed. And he did because he had really intended to see if he could get a big name in Madison, which is what he did. Look, listen, at the end of the day, bringing in Luke Fickle is a home run. And I mean, that's, that doesn't mean Jim Leonard wasn't a great internal candidate, but Luke Fickle's been to the playoffs. So, you know, Chris McIntosh really had a vision, and um, despite a lot of pressure, he followed through on that vision. 
So let's talk a little bit more about just how much of a home run this is bringing in Luke Fickle for this job. Wisconsin has plenty of success and has plenty of coaches who have had success around it. But what does this guy bring in as far as something that is going to kind of change the culture and has people excited right now? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing he brings in is a proven track record of developing talent, right? So he had nine players from in from Cincinnati in last year's draft that were drafted. You know, when you talk about a program that's not recruiting at the four and five star level of Cincinnati, which is very similar to Wisconsin, by the way, to be able to take that roster and the type of players he's going to get and get nine NFL draft picks out of that group is quite frankly incredible. So Wisconsin has had a long history of we're going to get three stars, we're going to develop them. And that's really also what Luke Fickle has done in Cincinnati. So in, in a lot of ways, he feels like a Wisconsin type of guy just going outside of the Wisconsin coach retreat to get him. So he has that track record. And again, if you just stack up resumes, and this is no slight to Jim Leonard, who has been an incredible defensive coordinator, his resume doesn't stack up with Luke Fickle, who has run a program, he's made successful coaching hires, and he's been to the playoffs. So he brings a track record of success and a track record of player development that, quite frankly, I don't know where you would have found that if not for Luke Fickle. I mean, how big of an upgrade is that for what you've seen from before from Wisconsin teams? Because they've already been having... I mean, having to catch up in developing talent as far as what they get on the recruiting trail in the Big Ten, and they've already been doing that, too. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think what we've seen in Wisconsin the last 25 years and what we've seen kind of the microcosm the last couple of years are different things. So Paul Chris, for whatever reason, and Jim Leonard talked about this. This isn't something that it's just been speculative. Like some of the player development and recruiting stuff has slipped a little the last couple of years at Madison. And it's why Paul Chris is no longer the coach in Madison. So it is true that the long, if you look back in the last 20 years of Wisconsin football, player development has been the thing. So bringing Luke Fickle in feels like more of the same. But where Paul Christ was going, I don't think he was a guy that was embracing NIL. And I don't think he was a guy that was really big on recruiting departments. So I think getting Luke Fickle in brings Wisconsin into the, the 21st century on both of those fronts. Like NIL really matters. You know, you have to embrace that if you're going to coach at a big, big time program in college football in 2022. So that's where I think Luke Fickle really upgrades Wisconsin and brings Wisconsin into modern football recruiting. It's with NIL. It's with a modern approach to recruiting. He brought two of his big-time recruiting assistants over. That was like his first move. He's like, I'm bringing my strength and conditioning guy and my two recruiting guys. You know, So instantly, it's that recruiting element of Wisconsin that I think Luke Fickle really supercharges. You have a wide-open Big Ten West. You have a Wisconsin team that even in what has been a couple of down years on their standards has still been right in the thick of that division. What are the immediate expectations for Luke Fickle? That's a great question. It's something we talked about, and it really depends on who you ask, right? So, listen, if you're going to take the home run swing, if you're going to let Jim Leonard go, it's my belief, and I've had people push back on me. I think Luke Fickle has to win right away. I know, listen, coaching turnover is tough. There's going to be roster turnover. The, the quarterback question isn't answered yet. But next year's schedule is incredibly manageable. They're still in the Big Ten West, um, which is manageable for everybody, by the way. It's not like Wisconsin is, you know, that's, that's a manageable schedule for a lot of teams. Um, but I think he's got to win right away. You have to come out of the gate and win eight, nine games next year. Otherwise, people are going to really point to, if you come in and win six, seven games, they're going to say, well, Jim Leonard could have done that. And he probably might have a, a more of an upside down the road because he's a guy who's going to stay at Wisconsin for 20 or 30 years. So I think there's a lot of pressure. I think he has to win right away, and it has to be eight, nine games. 
Joining us here on Locked On Big Ten, we got Ryan Herrings from Locked On Badgers with us. Uh, Ryan, before we let you go, we do have one more Wisconsin football game this season before we wrap things up. Guaranteed Ray Bull, Oklahoma State coming up. I'm sure you guys have taken at least a preliminary look at what that team's going to be about. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, so this is, you know, it's so funny when you start to see these these bowl games in the era of college football we're in, because now you're just seeing uh, both starting quarterbacks for both programs aren't going to be playing, you know, transfer portal. Starting running back for Oklahoma State's gone. Um, multiple players, Wisconsin's losing their two best players in the front seven have both declared for the draft, Keanu Benton and Nick Herbie. So really, these bowl games start to take on more of a look of a developmental practice, almost like a what young players are we going to get a look at? And from Wisconsin's standpoint, what we're really interested in here is the quarterback. So Graham Mertz, who has been the often criticized, inconsistent ups and downs quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers for the last three years, is gone, entered the transfer portal. We're going to get a look at, I think, Miles Burkett, the redshirt, or the true freshman, actually, who got a little bit of play this year, heady quarterback, athletic, a little bit more of a dual threat guy, in-state kid. Uh, I think that's what Wisconsin fans are excited about. You know, what are we going to see at young quarterback? Um, I think we're going to see some young guys on the offensive line in the front seven, you know, so I think this bowl game, probably from Oklahoma State standpoint as well, you're going to see a lot of young players and it's going to be a little bit of a glimpse into the future of both programs. We'll, of course, have to recap or preview that more before we get into the actual game with Ryan. That'll be Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, guaranteed rate bowl. Bowl games start up later this week, but Big Ten actually doesn't have any until after Christmas. I think Wisconsin might actually be the first one of them, but anywho, it's going to be a fun bowl season for sure. We'll have Ryan back on to preview his bowl game in full at some point soon here on Locked On Big Ten. Thanks again, though, for talking at least a little bit with us on the start of what Wisconsin fans are hoping to be a really successful era here with Luke Pickle. Yeah, of course, Nate. Thank you for having me. Um, always a pleasure to join in. Thanks again to Ryan for joining us for a couple of minutes here to talk Wisconsin football on the show. Before we continue here on Locked On Big Ten, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's talk a little bit now to Jacob Rude as Indiana faces off against Kansas. A big, big matchup here in the non-conference schedule as we continue along here on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten alongside Jacob Rood from Locked On Hoosiers. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here with Jacob again this week to talk a little bit about the big matchup coming up this weekend between Indiana and Kansas. Jacob, a pair of Blue Bloods coming together for this matchup here in the non-con schedule. We'll get to that in a second, but we had you on earlier in the week to talk a little bit about the IU struggles. Could you just really quickly recap those again and Tell us what it has been that's troubled the Hoosiers in the two losses so far. 
Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things, maybe something I didn't give enough credit for when I was on earlier in the week, is just Jalen Hudshafino not being available for the last three games. I used one and two in those games. They were 7-0 and with them. It's not exactly that easy, but they are obviously a much better team with him than without him. He was set to practice on Thursday, which he had not done in the previous week, so... Uh, hopefully he will be back for this one, but not having him has really put a lot of pressure on the only other ball handler I use had Xavier Johnson struggled a bit. Um, the defense has obviously gotten away from him a bit, especially against Arizona, albeit Arizona is one of the very best offenses in the country. And then offensively it's, uh, it's been different things at times. Uh, but three point shooting is, at some points hurt Indiana, um, turnovers hurt them for a stretch against Arizona. So there isn't one big thing that's hurting Indiana other than not having Jalen hood Shafino around. Uh, it's not quite as simple as insert him and IU will win, but they are a much better team with him. It's just kind of ironing out lots of little small things across the board on both sides of the ball. All right, so when you think about all those small things, which of them is most likely to hurt you here against Kansas? Where can the Jayhawks, you think, try to exploit what IU has been weak with so far? Yeah, IU's defense is going to have to be great on Saturday. This is a Kansas offense that puts points up uh, at a rapid pace. I think there's only there's only been three teams, Duke, Wisconsin, and Tennessee, that have held them under 80 points. So if IU has any of those struggles defensively uh, that they had last week, giving up almost 90 points to Arizona, it's going to turn into a shootout. And I don't know that I necessarily favor IU in that regard. So I think defense is going to have to be particularly sharp in this one against a, a Kansas team that just has a lot of options available offensively. You may have alluded to it for a moment there, Jacob, but what kind of game is IU trying to play to win this one? Not necessarily making it ugly, but uh, certainly slowing it down and kind of asserting their will defensively. They like to get up in guys at midcourt, even if they can defensively, and just kind of apply that pressure, make the other team uncomfortable. Uh, they haven't quite been able to do that as much in recent weeks they've been especially that Rutgers game they were the team that looked uncomfortable uh, but when things are going well I use really pressuring the ball forcing teams kind of out of rhythm and, and forcing them to initiate offense way out away from the rim which really just kind of throws everything off if they're able to do that on Sunday and whenever they're able to really do that they're a much better team as well all right so at least with where you're at right now with this team, are Indiana fans expecting this to be a win right now? This still feels like an Indiana team that has the kind of expectations that are higher than what we've seen in previous Indiana teams in recent memory. It'd be hard to expect to ever really win in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, I believe the stat is Bill Self has won 90, just shy of 95% of his games in Allen Fieldhouse. So, I don't know necessarily it's expecting to win. I think this Indiana team is capable of winning on uh, Saturday. And I, I think they just want to see something competing with one of the, the best teams in the country in a true road game. Uh, I don't, the feeling I've got is that 
these this Arizona, this Kansas game were not necessarily about going in and getting wins, but just kind of may, maybe barometers as such to where IU stands kind of nationally and really testing themselves against some of the best teams. You saw one of the best offenses in the country last week in Arizona, and now you come up against another really talented offense in a true road game. I think IU, when they scheduled these games, was probably a little more focused on what it could help them with down the road, late in Big Ten season, into the the tournament. I don't know that there's an expectation to win, but there is an expectation to compete and not fall behind by 20 points again as they did against Arizona. Is there a little bit more doubt right now in the team's ability to really compete at that level than there was at earlier points in the season? Because you get the win over UNC, and at the time that looks like a really, really good win, but now UNC doesn't look like it could be that great of a team, right? And when you take that out of the equation, the number of really quality wins that IU has compared to the teams that it's lost to starts to look a little bit less impressive. So when you're looking at this team right now, are there any more doubts that this is a highly competitive, nationally competitive college basketball team? I don't think so. Uh, I think people had kind of adjusted their expectations a bit with that UNC game, considering the weekend they had before. It was pretty clear they weren't the the best team in the country at that point. Um, So that was a, a really good win. I think everybody had kind of thought, especially, uh, again, how well Arizona had played up to that point, that these two games would be the bigger games. IU did compete with Arizona after they spotted them 20 points. They cut it down to to five, six points a number of times. So I think that they're aware that they can compete with these teams, and, and that's still the expectations. It's just there's another level there that IU needs to get to that isn't just competing with these teams. It's beating these teams. I don't... Uh, I think IU fans still have high hopes for this team and still think they can compete at that type of level. Um, It's just these are are two really tough matchups, obviously, these two teams back-to-back. So I don't know the expectations have changed all that much. You're not wrong that that win against UNC isn't what we thought it would be uh, or could be. Uh, So it's... uh, it's still a really competitive IU team that I think uh, fans are just kind of seeing how this, they were kind of seeing how this week unfolded to get a a better sense of where IU stacked up nationally. Well, we'll see how it finishes again Saturday, Indiana and Kansas, a big chance for the Hoosiers to pick up a signature win that, I mean, let's be honest, Jacob, a whole bunch of teams in the big 10 have already picked up big signature wins this season. So Indiana would just be adding to the list of them, but a big matchup coming up this weekend, highlight of the weekend in big 10 basketball. And of course, we're going to be keeping an eye on it. Jacob will of course have more on it too, on locked on Hoosiers every single day of the week. Until next time we get you back on here, Jacob, thanks for taking a minute. Yeah, no problem.